Alrighty. So Bob Proctor is dead. I wish him the best. He's on his next adventure. I'm not sad. By the way, Neville Goddard is dead. Abdullah is dead. <laughs> A handful of my mentors over the years. Dead, dead, and pretty much there. <laughs> Almost dead. You know, I, I'm curious. <laughs> when are you going to live completely? When are you going to really let you out? See, here's what I liked about Bob. From what I can tell, Bob imagined up something and he gave it life. End of line, that's it. Have a great day, Bob. <laughs> he imagined up something. <laughs> Back in 1988, I was settling. I was going from being a cop to being a prison guard. I was settling. I was dying. My dreams were dying. And I got what most people would consider a dream job to work for the state government. In 10 years, I could lock in a chunk of pension and go do something else if I wanted to. Great retirement benefits, all that good stuff. <laughs> Turned out to be exactly what I needed. I didn't last that long. Got beat to death PTSD. Y'all know that. That's why I'm here. See, I, I, I gave myself a wake-up call. And I chose not to sit around and wallow for a couple decades. I discovered that PTSD is the imagination out of control. I wonder how many other conditions are that. By the way, let's do the FDA thing, right? I am not promising to cure you of anything. I'm just telling you something. You get to drive the bus. Drive your bus. Bob Proctor drove his bus. And he drove a big bus. A lot of people got on his bus and went for a ride. Notice if you imagine that that's a good or a bad thing. Or if you think, I think that's a good or a bad thing. Neville Goddard drove his bus. I believe it was 1922 he came over. In 1929 he met his main teacher, Abdullah. But in 1922 Neville was imagining preaching the word of God. Whatever that meant to him at the time, I don't know. But it was 1922, 1923 when his family manifested the story. You see, here's the thing. You get to let your light shine. You get to stop making excuses. <laughs> Watch this, ready? One of my emails this morning. Day 3, manifestingmasterycourse.com I can't believe I waited so long, so I did a quick write-back because it came in while I was drinking the coffee, so I realized they're in front of the computer. So I wrote back, I said, hey, why did you wait so long? And they wrote back, I have no idea. And I wrote back, what excuses did you have? And they, they gave me the usual ones, and I said, one more, one more question for you. See, we went back and forth, it was fun for me. Do you wait anyplace else in life? And they said, I wait all the time. You see, they're in a state of just waiting. Do you think Bob waited? Do you think I wait? Do you think Neville waited? <laughs> see, waiting is a state. I keep sharing this. And I know it's a state that seems very real. Like you're waiting for your wish to arrive, or waiting to take action, or waiting to ask her out, or waiting. See, what happens when you wait is you're probably imagining crap. 
You're waiting to say, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. Because you're imagining being rejected. We kill that in Dream Driven Day. <laughs> it's funny, we had a group call. One of the people on the group calls done, I think, six Dream Driven Days. Don't quote me on that, but it's something like that. And they said, every time I get more and more from each lesson. Right? And here's the cool thing. What if you peeled away the layers of rejection that were holding you back so they didn't hold you back anymore? Because here's the thing. I rejected getting a job when I got here. I rejected being poor when I got here. I rejected having backup plans when I got here. Hard to have a backup plan when almost everyone you know is a world away. That's what Australia's like, gang. Think about it. We live on a island in the middle of nowhere. Right, the U.S. has borders, right? <laughs> we have borders, but they're surrounded by miles and miles and miles of water. Well, let's get back to Bob Proctor. Some people put him on a pedestal. You know what happens when, pe when, when people put me on the pedestal? I tell them to get up here with me. Dance. <laughs> Don't try to mimic what I do. Let your light shine. Let you out. Bob's dead. I'm going to miss him. I met him once. <laughs> Got a couple of those emails this week. <laughs> Seriously. I, I know people that have worked with him in a few different ways. I'm really going to miss him. I'm heartbroken. My earth is shattered. What shattered your earth last week? What, what shattered your earth last month? I know people who lost their businesses when Michael Jackson died. They didn't even have a Michael Jackson-related business. But it's like, you know what? They just went into a funk, a depression. Mike's dead. Did you know him? Did you dance with him? Did he finance your business? <laughs> he, may, he may have been entertaining. He may have put a light in your world. But you're the light. You're the spark behind the eyes. I've got news for you. Bob Proctor is dead, and that's not the news. The news isn't even that he lives. The news is, I don't, you know, my guess is, if the guy was reasonably awake, and I'd suspect he was, he wouldn't want you being sad that he's dead. He'd probably want you happy that, you, that you're going to live life a little more fully today. Enjoy that pancake a little bit more. Maybe make a pancake for a stranger. By the way, that could be a metaphor. That could be literal. That could be an analogy. Some of y'all are pretty picky with language. Mm. What are you waiting for? Stop waiting. You know, it hit me one day. You only got so much time here on planet Earth in this meat suit. See, from what I can tell, we don't die. Remember, I was beat to death in 89. I've had a bunch of other interesting experiences. One of the things that brought me to Neville Goddard was the fact he didn't make a big deal about something profound, and that is, consciousness is the only reality. Your awareness of being is God. We're all going to wake up and discover that we are the Father. You're what leads... Do not feel bad about what follows. 
See, if you were a puppy, I'd tell you, the part that leads is the nose. What are you sniffing out? Oh my God, what adventure are you on? You see, I watch this every day with Emmett and Bruce. I happen to think that, you know, that the dog represents something. What leads is the nose, the eyes. Look at that. Listen, wow, Dad, I'm on an adventure. What follows is always the shitty part. Right at the end of the dog where the tail is, where the poop comes out. One more bit. I absolutely hate the term 3D. I really do. Because I watch the way people say it. Right? When you make a video, when you make a recording, I listen and I watch you. And I notice so many people, they get stuck on 3D. Like they settle into it. Versus 4D. Yeah, 4D versus 3D. You know, it's like, oh yeah, it sounds good, but I feel like I can't afford it. So much is revealed by how you exist. So much is revealed by how you express. Your inner experience is revealed in your outer experience. Your outer experience follows. You lead. And just because a leader in your world died. Yeah, Bob was pretty high on the leaderboard. Made a lot of money, had a lot of followers, put out a lot of courses. And I'm not saying you should follow Bob or follow me with, what, with the content of what we do. But I'm telling you, follow us with the process. If you're a race car driver, race the car. You don't define yourself as a race car tr driver because you got a trophy. You know, my buddy Dead Jim, I, I call him Dead Jim because his body's dead. He's on his next adventure. But when Dead Jim had a stroke, Dead Jim lost his driver's license for a while. That's automatic in Australia from what I understand, or at least where I live. And so Dead Jim had to go take his test to get his license back. And I mention that because Dead Jim was a race car driver. I saw the photos. Right? I heard the stories. would sit on the stump while we were taking a break while walking the dogs and he'd tell me stories. I even went to the races with him once. Me and my buddy Cube. And here's the thing, guys. When Jim got his license back, I heard him coming like, I don't know, a mile, two miles away. I could tell that's dead Jim driving. I could hear his shifting. I could hear that. Because... That was him letting him shine. If you got some gold today, crass commercial time, manifestingmasterycourse.com. Notice what your excuses are if you haven't dove in. Notice what your excuses are if you're claiming you don't have the time. We all have excuses, gang. Me too. I've got excuses. The question is I don't buy into them a whole bunch. In week one, we eliminate what are called triggers. We could call them excuses, but they function in a way that's really seemingly fast. But you're faster than your triggers. But I need you to discover that. That's why we explore them for the first week. The second week, we get rid of loopiness. Because most people are constantly triggered, and they're pretty much loopy. Just notice. Go through your day today and notice. Am I triggered? Am I loopy? <laughs> We get rid of those two things the first two weeks of ManifestingMasteryCourse.com. Then we get into the manifesting methods in week three. Wow, week three? Why wait that long? We have you wait that long so we can get get you up to speed and break you out of your loop. We discovered something that works. 
So that's manifestingmasterycourse.com. And for the shares, those who share the show, those who share their lives with us, thanks, gang. We greatly appreciate and appreciate you. I love getting to know you. Like my little back and forth this morning, you know who you are. Wasn't that fun? Boom. All righty. Have a lovely day. See ya.